You're focused on making important decisions to take your company to the next level. But who's counting? We are. Counting on trends and insight to move your business forward, operationally and strategically. Focused on helping executives achieve their highest potential. But Who's Counting is a podcast shedding light on and breaking down critical issues and opportunities for businesses. Brought to you by Anders CPAs and Advisors. Welcome back to another episode of the But Who's Counting podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hartley. Today I'm visiting with Sean McKenzie, who is a principal in tax at Anders CPAs and Advisors. Uh, Sean, welcome. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks. I appreciate it. How are you? Uh, I'm well. Uh, so today we're going to talk about the employee retention tax credit, which I know to some of the listeners that may be, well, I've heard about this for a while, which is true because it's been out there for years. But I think it's it's still a very relevant topic. And part of what we want to cover today is kind of your your perspective uh, and really educating business owners about what it is so that they know how and when to take advantage of it. So I guess, Sean, how did you get involved? Sort of how did you get started have you always done taxes your entire career? I have. I, I started uh, years and years and years ago uh, at a <laughs> firm, down the, firm down the street called Arthur Anderson um, and realized I didn't want to do audit. So I switched to tax because that's what you do when you're a CPA. Uh, so here I am a number of years later, still practicing tax. And uh, I just enjoy the change that it brings every day. You just don't know what you're going to get. Got it. Okay. Have you done mostly individual, corporate, uh, all kinds of things? All kinds of things. Um, I started as a sales and use tax guy uh, and quickly realized I didn't want to do that. And then I switched over to you know, family held businesses, which is kind of where I practice now. Got it. OK. OK. Well, let's jump into the employee retention credit. So so help me understand the origins, uh, because this all came about uh, in relation to the pandemic, correct? Correct. So in March of 2020, and in order to keep people on the payroll, uh, essentially. The CARES Act was introduced. It's the Corona Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. Uh, that was in March of 2020, and that introduced us to the ERTC, the Employee Retention Tax Credit. Um, through you know various other bills brought in, in December of 2020, as well as March of 2021, it's morphed into what it is today. Initially, uh, when it came out, you could only get the ERTC, or the PPP, pay, Paycheck Protection Program. You couldn't do both. Uh, when they switched that around in March of 21, you could then get both. So it's morphed certainly several times. Okay, because a lot of people may still remember that, that they heard that during the pandemic that, oh, I'm not eligible for that because I've done the Paycheck Protection Program. I've gotten the benefit of that program. Therefore, I can't get the employer retention credit. But that actually then was subsequently revised so maybe if you heard in the past that you weren't eligible, you need to pay attention because you may be. That's correct. That's We're seeing that with a lot of clients, people calling and hearing on the radio, wherever it may be, saying, uh, I may be eligible for this. We're reaching out to a lot of our clients, letting them know that uh, you might be eligible. And it's worth taking a look. Absolutely. Okay. And, and even though it was initiated then, we'll talk a little bit about the timing, but it actually continues to the point where uh, you can participate today and still for a while longer, correct? Correct. That's exactly right. You, uh, we have ample opportunity for businesses uh, that were in business in 20 and 21 to continue to take advantage of this program. It's okay. still out there. Yep. So let's talk a little bit, just so people understand the magnitude of this, because that's one of the things that I've been surprised with. Initially, I think there was a lot of discussion and visibility around the amounts of uh, of PPP funds that, that businesses were getting. 
And then uh, then there, there was sort of a lull with that. And then as we talk about the employee retention credit, then it's like, wow, those are some pretty big numbers. So walk me through kind of it's on a per employee basis and it's actually a, a, a certain benefit uh, per employee. Is that correct? That's correct. So it's based over two years. So the max amount you can get uh, and we'll start in 2020, um, 2020, the maximum per employee you can get is five thousand dollars for the year, they, for the year, for the year. That's okay. correct. They expanded that uh, in March of 21. So now we can get in each quarter in 2021, where there's only three eligible quarters, the first three, you can get $7,000 per employee. So you're looking at a maximum for both 20 and 21 of $26,000 in total. That's 5,000 for 2020, and then 7,000 for each eligible quarter. And again, there's only three quarters eligible in 2021. So 21,000 in 2021, and it brings you a grand total of $26,000 per employee. Okay, so let, let's take a minute for that to settle in because 26,000 per employee. So if you're a small business and you've only got 10 employees, potentially you're looking at over a quarter of a million dollars of potential tax benefit Correct. from if you're eligible for the employee retention credit. Absolutely, it's, it's really big dollars, it really is. They add up okay. quickly. And then if we do the math on that, if we do 100 employees, then you're looking at over two and a half million in potential tax benefits as a result of this. That's correct. Okay. Okay. So now let, let's talk about what does it take to qualify? What, what is it that you have to do? Because I've, I've heard discussions of certain thresholds, and if, if certain things transpired, then you become eligible. So walk us through it in simple terms, kind of what are the things that we need to look at to determine eligibility? Sure. It's, it's kind of a two-pronged approach, if you will. Uh, the first is if you are partially or completely suspended, uh, via local government, national government, whatever that was. Uh, if you had to shut down your business, then you qualify, potentially. I mean, obviously, there's some things in there that can be, but that's kind of step one, um, is to make sure that you uh, were suspended. If you were, then it's worth taking a look. The second, if you weren't suspended, then it's a decline in revenue. And so those revenue, the decline in revenue is two uh, two years, obviously, we're dealing with 2020 and 2021. Uh, and in 2020, how you compare that is if your gross receipts in any quarter declined by 50% or more compared to 2019, then you qualify. In 2021, they kind of updated that again, and it's if your gross receipts declined by 20% compared to that same quarter in 2019, then you qualify as well. Okay. So you have Two different, uh, two different overall approaches, and then in the revenue approach, then you have two ways to qualify as well buried in there. Okay, so let's explore that first one in in terms of when you said, okay, your business had to be shut down. I guess what is give us some examples of businesses that were shut down, so the listeners can can maybe relate to a couple of those examples. Absolutely. So they had the uh, in our area, they had the two week shutdown for non essential businesses. Uh, so the, the one that I go to the most is restaurants. Uh, they weren't allowed to, uh, they were shut down initially completely. Uh, then they also were partially shut down and that they weren't allowing, you know, patrons into the restaurant. So thus the birth of curbside dining, all of those are curbside pickup, all of those options that, uh, kind of came to light with the pandemic. Those were because of shutdowns. So the government uh, forced a lot of businesses to shut down that they deemed non-essential. Okay. 
And is this federal government, state, local, kind of, or any of those levels? All of the above. All of the above. If your municipality uh, said that, you know, your paint store couldn't be open, then you were shut down. Uh, even if the national government said that you could be open, your municipality overruled that. Okay. And then on the on the 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 uh, drop in revenue qualification, I guess, is that for is that measured? Like, do you have to measure that every quarter and then see if any of those quarters hit the threshold? And if so, do you qualify just for that quarter or for the whole period? Or how does that work? It is. If you qualify for one quarter, then you're in. So in 2020, you can apply as long as your revenue dropped 50 percent any quarter in 2020 compared to any quarter in 2019. If you experienced a 50 percent or more drop in revenue, you qualify. In 2021, they dialed that in a little bit uh, and they said you have to compare quarter to quarter. And so if you declined by 20 percent in the first quarter of 2021 compared to first quarter of 2019, then you qualify. Okay. And then, so let's say you do those, those, you do those calculations. It, it turns out you do qualify. Then does that unlock 26,000 per employee for that time period? That's correct. Depending on their wages. Um, so in assuming that they're paid more than $10,000 a quarter, then yes, you will get the full $26,000 per employee. So 5,000 in 2020, 21,000 in 2021. Um, it, it's based on a quarterly amount. So 2021, the actual amount is you're eligible to take a credit for 70% of up to $10,000 of wages per employee. So there's where the $7,000 comes from. In 2020, that amount is 50% of 10,000 for the entire year. Okay, so that's helpful. There's definitely, um, it, it's interesting sort of how that progressed over time. And I think that's one of the things that our listeners need to make sure that they understand is that uh, th this has morphed and changed over time. So if you haven't looked at this in a year or two, the rules may be different than what you originally did the analysis under. So you need to make sure that you, you talk to a good advisor about that. Um, so, okay, so let's talk about one other. We, we talked earlier about uh, the, the Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP funds, and, and how uh, the, the PPP and the employee retention credit, how those two relate together. So talk to us about the interplay between the two of those. And I guess what, what should businesses be aware of as it relates to kind of how do you optimize between the, the programs? Sure. So when the PPP initially came out, everybody was really focused on that. Uh, and rightfully so. Uh, it, made, it made total sense. And when the ERTC came out on the piggyback with that PPP, um, everybody somewhat lost focus on the ERTC because they didn't think they could do both because you couldn't initially. And so, you know, kind of lost focus a little bit and uh, got their PPP money. And for lack of a better term, I think forgot just because business was coming back around. People were excited to be back at work, uh, be able to go out. And the ERTC may have taken a back seat because they assumed they couldn't take advantage of it. However, uh, with the changes in December of 2020 and March of 21, it became very evident that the ERTC could be taken as well as PPP. You just can't use the same uh, funds, if you will, for those two programs. You can't take a PPP as well as then get the benefit of the ERTC on the same wage. So that's the interplay. You can do them both but you can't do them uh, on the same amount of money. So if you used PPP for all of your wages and that was fine, everything was 
forgiven, then you don't qualify for the ERTC. However, what we're finding is most of our clients, that's not the case. Uh, that isn't the case at all. And so when we're going in and you know, talking to our clients and just take, have them take a look, we're finding that they do qualify for the ERTC because those PPP funds were used elsewhere. Okay. Okay. So now let, let's talk about, I think this is great education so that, you know, folks can really understand uh, what the opportunity is here. So l- let's talk and, and shift about what's happening in the market. Like you've mentioned, so we're, we're still finding that a lot of small to mid-sized businesses really don't know, understand, and and basically the, their eli- they don't understand their eligibility for the program. Is that what we're still seeing in, in 2022? That's correct. Uh, we are uh, not daily, but uh, certainly weekly, we're you know, hearing from our clients uh, that assume that they don't qualify. And we're actively reaching out to let them know that they may, and we need to take a look. Um, again, the assumption is is that they got their PPP and that's all that they could do just because there was so much information coming you know, via email, radio, TV, everything at that point in time. It was overwhelming. And, and in a lot of ways, overwhelming for even people that were dealing with every day like us. Uh, however, now that the dust has cleared, we realized that more often than not, our clients are qualifying to do the ERTC. So it's important that they at least revisit uh, and just see where they sit to make sure they're not passing up on this. It's a pretty good opportunity. Okay. Yeah. Some pretty significant dollars here. So so we're visiting today with Sean McKenzie, who's a tax principal at Anders CPAs and Advisors. So Sean, I got two other things I want to make sure that we cover today. Um, one is the timing and, and two is sort of some of the things that we're seeing in the market from other providers that businesses need to be aware of. So I guess let's talk first about the timing. So even though we're talking about tax benefit for 2020 and 2021, even though we're sitting here in 2022, there's still a way that businesses can claim this tax credit, correct? That's correct. We can uh, amend those tax returns from 2020 and 2021. We have three years from the date they're originally filed. Uh, so for the 2021 payroll tax returns, I'm sorry, 2020 payroll tax returns, that means we have three years from the date they were filed. Uh, the latest one would have been due on April 15th of 2021, which means we have three years from that date, which is April 15th, 2024. So okay. clearly we're still within statute. Uh, the 2021 returns are up. Uh, those would have been due, the latest one would have been due April 15th of 2022. So we have until 2025 to amend those tax returns. Um, so plenty of time to get in there, do the necessary due diligence to figure out if you qualify and if you do, how much uh, that refund is going to be. Okay. So it's, it's not too late. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. There's a lot of people that are assuming that it is, uh, but no, the statute's three years and we've got plenty of time. So, Sean, talk to us a little bit about, you know, so so uh, businesses to determine their eligibility for this um, need to find a good advisor that that understands the rules, understands you know, PPP and the employee retention credit, kind of how those goes to get go together. I guess what are we seeing in the market in terms of like I'm sure businesses are being approached kind of what are the different things that we're seeing in the market about advisors helping clients with this matter? Sure. I think it's important that you get an advisor that is well-versed, like you had mentioned, in PPP and ERTC, as well as just the tax code in general. Uh, We have seen businesses approached um, by other advisors or other businesses um, charging exorbitant rates um, on a contingent fee basis. And from all 
outward appearances, it appears though that uh, they're just you know, somewhat chasing the refunds. And so we think it's important uh, that anyone that's going to look into this analysis uses someone that is familiar with the tax code, as well as the ERTC and the PPP, just to make sure that uh, your, you know, refund is safe and the application is done correctly. So, you know, two or three years or four years down the road, if the IRS decides to take a look, you do have all the necessary documentation uh, to substantiate your claim. And so I think that's very, very important. I was actually out on Google today and just typed in ERTC refunds and the amount of people or organizations out there claiming to be experts in this is it was several pages and pages deep. That was not the case even, you know, two or three years ago. So there are a lot of uh, folks out there doing this. And I think it's very, very important that you vet out uh, someone that is familiar with tax law as well as PPP, ERTC and has the you know, the appropriate, uh, you know, guns to take care of this space. Okay. And, and so let's go back to the dollars just real quick. So if it is 26,000 per employee for 2020 and 2021, that's the potential opportunity. You know, if you've got a hundred employees, that's over two and a half million. If you've got 200 employees, that's over $5 million in potential benefit from a tax perspective that this represents. So I guess it makes sense. And, and given that, you know, substantially all benefits, or substantially all businesses, if they meet the qualifications or eligible for this, the pool potentially of businesses that could benefit from this is is fairly massive. It really is. There there is uh, there is a lot of money to be had out there, um, and so we just want to make sure that everyone is aware that. Um, it's it's not an easy thing to apply for, um, and it's absolutely imperative that you have all of your ducks in a row with substantiation in order to uh, back your claim in case the IRS comes looking. And at some point, I would imagine that they will. And Sean, that's that's a good point in terms of just thinking, is there judgment here? Is it is it all just dollars and cents or is there is some judgment applied in terms of determining whether you actually qualify or not? I guess help us understand that. Sure. There, there is some judgment on the partially suspended, uh, partially suspended business. There is definitely a gray area. The IRS hasn't given us any type of uh, lead as far as what is considered partially suspended, what is completely, completely is pretty self-explanatory. But there is some gray area. Uh, and anytime there's gray area, there's going to be, you know, people that either take advantage of that or that uh, play it conservatively, which is the correct way to play it, uh, to make sure that your clients are taken care of. And so they're not stuck out on a limb years from now with the IRS. But there's definitely some judgment involved um, in, you know, identifying the risk potential of maybe making an incorrect assumption. There's no doubt. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think also one of the other things to be aware of is, you know, for our listeners to understand from an audit perspective it's early in terms of the IRS actually, you know, coming out and auditing this. But I think one of the things that we're seeing in the media, and I'd like your your perspective on this, is that there was a substantial amount of fraud in in the PPP program. And so I assume that's going to be the same thing in the employee retention credit space and that there will be enforcement or audit activity. So you do want to make sure that you've got this, you know, really locked down. You've got a very solid advisor that can that can talk to you about this. So, so what are you seeing on that front? Absolutely, I think uh, the the latest uh, I had read actually recently from a couple of folks that we use in a research uh, mode 
uh, was that the, they expect that most of these ERTC claims are going to be audited, uh, specifically ones that are dealing with, you know, supply chain limitations, which is kind of a new thing that they've brought in or partial shutdowns. Uh, those are going to be audited. They have a, the IRS hasn't said that, but there's certainly a belief among practitioners and the experts in the area that if, if you don't have a hundred percent shutdown, the chances are the IRS is going to take a look at your claim. So we've been visiting today with Sean McKenzie, a tax principal at Anders CPAs and Advisors. So Sean, one of the things that we do at the end of every podcast episode is that we wanna make sure we highlight the insights that business owners can count on. And we do that in the Make It Count segment. So one of the things that we wanted to do from your perspective, maybe if someone can't listen to this entire episode, what's the one major thing, what's the one takeaway that you wanna make sure that business owners take away from this episode and and think about going forward? I think the biggest thing in this conversation as the marketplace evolves is to make sure that you have an advisor that is well-versed in all of the aspects of these ERTC claims. There is a lot that goes into this. Um, it's easy to do the math on this. Very, very simple to do the math. What isn't easy is to apply tax law as well as to follow through with PPP um, and all of the idiosyncrasies that come with the reporting of this. You know, amending 941s. It's imperative that you have someone uh, that knows what they're doing and in all facets of this. It, there's a lot of uh, businesses out there that are approaching, you know, promising you everything, and some don't have the reputation to back that up. And they're charging exorbitant fees to do so. Uh, those fees are non refundable. So I would encourage people to vet out the business that you want to use or your advisor that you want to use and be comfortable uh, with what they have to offer as well as what they're willing to do if the IRS were to come take a look. What audit uh, they're going to back you up? What substantiation are they going to keep? Um, you know, unfortunately, with a program like this, there's always going to be people out there with not the best interest of the client at hand. Mm -hmm. And we have to vet through that. And I think that's the most important thing to look at. Got it. Okay, so we've been visiting with Sean McKenzie today, a tax principal at Anders CPAs and Advisors, uh, discussing the employee retention credit and how it's not too late. So, uh, Sean, thank you. We appreciate your insights. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining the But Who's Counting podcast. Make sure to never miss an episode by subscribing on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And let us know what you think by rating and reviewing. Connect with me, Dave Hartley, on LinkedIn and keep up with more Anders CPAs and Advisors insights by following us on social media through the handles in the show notes. We'll see you next time.